Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Welcome to the Chaos Plan. We are finally starting our group games. These next few episodes are going to be setting up for the actual game itself. These all take place in Port City with small groups and one-on-one individual things that will all culminate up to the group game. We're releasing these on the Homebrew Review as well as Patreon because this is the first episode. We really want to get you hooked and show you exactly what we have planned for this. There's a ton of meta-knowledge and pop culture references and everything else because I love the idea of a world where anything can happen, even very meta things. You will recognize a lot of the enemies and a lot of the themes here, and that's on purpose. We really hope you enjoy what we have planned here, and if it interests you, we hope you will join our Patreon so you can take part in these games as well. Now that we're starting group games, they will be fairly consistent as far as release schedule and recording. And as soon as we get to our $60 a month goal on Patreon, we will be starting up a whole new channel simply for the Chaos Plan. It will become then free on iTunes for anybody that wants to listen to it because we don't want to keep this just to ourselves. This game is a lot of fun, and since our wonderful Patreon members are the ones that are taking part, we want to share that game with all of you listeners out there and hopefully convince you to join the guild as well. D&D is more fun with friends, and we would love to make more as we play these games together. If you have any questions at all, please check out our website, theadventuringguild.com, and on the top menu bar, you can find the Chaos Plan, all of our player information, including introductions of who has already appeared on the show, as well as maps, downloads, house rules, the calendar, and adventure log are all on that website. We, of course, are using Obsidian Portal as well, and we will slowly be integrating the two sites together to create a easy-to-navigate page for all of you to see. Once again, thank you guys very, very much for listening to this. We are so happy that we are finally at the point where we can bring this to you as a guild. And thank you, guild members, for taking part. You are all busting your butts to help get this show off the ground, and I am eternally grateful to all of you. So I believe that's enough talking, and let's continue with the show. This episode is with Virgil's character, Thorin. So you were able to uh, obviously find your way to the Fighters Guild, and you have been kind of getting familiar with the with Port City as a whole over the last week or so, and you would know that a big festival is coming up, the uh, Seed Sowing Festival. And while as a member of the Fighters Guild, you don't have a ton of of um, to do with it personally but a lot of the agricultural tools have been brought in to be sharpened and maintained and all of that kind of stuff so if you were doing work for the guild um, you would obviously be able to stay there for free but if you wanted to earn a few extra coins you could uh, work in the smithy to help sharpen size and uh, to build some of this equipment uh, for a lot of this and then uh, as a reward for doing so uh, they would give you part, uh, one of the two festival days off to explore um, 
the festival itself. Uh, uh, and of course, you would be kind of not given tickets to it or whatnot, but you would be given some credit at some of the different stalls and whatnot that are there for helping out. Uh, you can also, if you choose not to do any of that kind of work, um, you can uh, work on your own weapon, research how it works. Uh, maybe you would have visited the Mages Guild and kind of gotten familiar with the portal a little bit, um, made some contacts. What all would you have been doing in the uh, 10 days um, before the uh, start of all of this happening? Uh, I would either... Uh, spend half my time working on whatever the guild needed, uh, any freelance stuff, and then working on my own swords or my own equipment for personal funding, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, if you spend five days doing it, you will get uh, five gold pieces uh, worth of coinage, and then they would also tell you that you do have some credit with some of the stalls and some of the merchants um, down at the, uh, the event itself. So just find one of the fighters' guild um, stalls and they'll set you up with anything that you need down there um, because you do have a little bit of credit with them. Uh, so then the other five days would be spent, you said, uh, working on your own personal stuff. Would you be doing like physically like physically smithing and working on that kind of deal for personal things or would you be more researching and uh, figuring out what all your weapon can do and some of the different effects, uh, new ways to smith through study or uh, maybe watching other smithies, what, what all would you be doing for personal stuff? I would just be working on creating swords or armor or something, testing my uh, hammer that I got, my new smithing tools, working with those to get more familiar with them. Okay, yeah, the use of your uh, new hammer, it does take you a little bit to get uh, the hang of it because the weight distribution is a little bit different. It is a lot heavier on the swing down than it should be, which is a little bit weird. Um, it feels like it gains weight as you begin swinging down, making it a very, very effective tool. Um, but you do get a better uh, handle on that, and you are able to, through your work, uh, kind of earn the respect of some of these uh, other blacksmiths that are in the area, and they would be willing to show you some tricks uh, if you let them try out that hammer uh, a few swings uh, to get a feel for it, because they're very interested in what it can do. Would you uh, part with the hammer for a few swings in order to learn a couple of different tricks? Uh, I'd say that's fine. However, I'm going to watch them the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they totally understand that. They don't take it anywhere other than to wherever their current workstation is. You only really have enough time to really let two of the smiths use it. You see that one of the smiths is a dwarf like yourself, but he is a very lean-looking dwarf, for lack of a better term. Um, he is mostly working on gauntlets and uh, strange hand-equipped items as opposed to um, items that are uh, like swords and whatnot. Uh, you see uh, an individual that is working on a blade. He calls a katana, a very thin, flexible blade uh, wielded one or two-handed for a very devastating effect. And then you see a third individual, let's see, a dragonborn that is working on a strange double-bladed weapon. It is kind of got a staff-like handle in the middle uh, with two blades off to each side uh, that he is working on. And for the last one, you see a smaller halfling blacksmith 
that is working on a perfectly, almost perfectly circular throwing type blade with a grip in the middle. Which of those two would you let try your hammer? Uh, I like, uh, the, uh, the katana that the elf is working on, uh, fascinates me a little bit, the, uh, making it a single-edged weapon type thing, so I'll let the elf use it, and then, uh, the double-edged weapon, or the two-sided weapons that the Dragonborn are making are also interesting. Okay, so you let them use it, and they are very, very thankful, and they help teach you how to craft these weapons. Um, so you are able to make the um, katana and the, it just says two-bladed sword. You, you add those to your repertoire. Do you still have that packet that I sent you, the exotic weapons deal? Uh, I do somewhere. Okay, then you are able to craft those two as well as, uh, I believe I gave you the chains in order to keep your uh, sword from being disarmed. So you are able to uh, learn how to craft those. Um, they do say if you want more crafting challenges and to see perhaps some new and more exciting weapons, uh, to go check out the uh, Mages Guild. Uh, between the warriors that, that frequent that area and the um, the strange places that you can visit and see, you're sure to pick up some new ideas for different things that you can do. Um, and uh, they say it's... Uh, I know a group of newbies will be going through uh, and just at the end of the festival on the 17th, uh, they usually leave pretty early in the morning if you wanted to head down there. Uh, but don't miss out on the festival itself. Uh, tonight and tomorrow uh, are when all the events are going on. So uh, be sure to check that out before you leave. Uh, uh, thank you. I uh, appreciate the advice. And I do my little dwarven uh, greeting, goodbye, salutation type gesture. Uh, and then I'll go back to my work. Okay. You spend the rest of the time uh, working on your own equipment, and uh, the days of the festival come up. The first day, the 15th, is kind of the beginning of the festival. There isn't a whole lot of huge events going on. It is more of the ceremony side of things. Um, you know, showing off what all crops are being grown, um, talking about techniques for planting. A lot of druids are there, and and passing out various potions and scrolls and um, sending out animal messengers to different farms and whatnot. Um, so that would be more of the business ritual side of things. The second day of the festival is more of the festivities. It's when all of the different vendors and food stalls and all that go out, and it's really the celebration of planting. Uh, the first day all the planting is done, and the second day is when the benefits of the planting and the respites take place. Uh, would you visit the festival on any one of those two days? Uh, probably. Uh, I'd say I'd probably go the... So the first day was more... Business uh, and ritual, the actual festival, the, the meat of the festival itself, as opposed to the celebratory fun party aspect. Uh, I'd probably go the first day just to see the culture and witness what it actually is. Okay, you go the first day and you run into creatures and races of all varying style and uh, affinity, and a lot of them are very business-like. Um, they are a lot more, you know, you see some of them running around town, uh, coming out of taverns and whatnot over the last few days in preparation, and they were really, you know loose and happy and relaxed and all this other kind of stuff, but 
Today, they are very much standing on ceremony, you know, formal hellos, you know, making sure to greet every person that walked by. Uh, many of the druids look pretty exhausted um, as they are frequently uh, using their spells and summoning creatures and helping uh, farmers and whatnot. Would you go to talk to any of the farmers or would you talk to some of the druids and other spellcasters or would you just kind of get a sense for what's going on around you and not really visit anything in particular? Uh, I probably wouldn't really chat unless someone talked to me, just more observing people watching, just getting a sense of this place. Okay, and getting a sense for this place, um, you hear several conversations um, going on around you, and you hear a rumor uh, that up north, near the Farsight Tower, uh, kind of between the northern farms and the Farsight Tower, which is the very north corner, uh, northeast corner of the island of Thalos, you heard strange rumors about a, a squabble going on between um, the landowner, the new landowner, and an old friend or acquaintance of his. Um, apparently, he's buying an, an orchard, a unique orchard, um, from this individual, and there seems to be some sort of dispute going on or something, something fishy with the sale. Um, so you're not quite sure what's going on about that. And then you also hear a rumor. Go ahead and roll me a perception check because of all the noise around you to see how much of this message you get. The perception? Yes. A 14. A 14. You hear that something about tomorrow or uh, um, on the 17th, uh, it seems like the element of earth and fire is going to be very heavily represented um, in the portal over the next few days. Um, for some reason, there's a lot of strange pulls coming from more of the earth and fire tied planes and, and everything. So you're not exactly sure what's going on with that, but it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind, um, being as you're going to be going to the Mages Guild uh, on the 17th. Uh, it's something, that, having that little bit of knowledge, it's probably going to be a little bit helpful. So the day passes, and you witness a lot of strange and unique things. Um, you are given a couple of uh, fruits and vegetables uh, uh, in passing by individuals who see you kind of looking around and can tell you're obviously not from Port City itself, uh, and they're advertising different farms and whatnot on the Tangle, and uh, even as far as the Float Isles, uh, which is not known for its vegetation, but does grow some very unique fruits and vegetables there. Uh, mostly on vine-type plants. So these would be kind of like grapes, but not necessarily um, grapes themselves. Um, but you uh, are given all sorts of weird foods and passing. And then I'm assuming once it gets to be dark uh, and the festival starts breaking up a little bit, you head back to the Fighters Guild? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you go back to the festival the next day, or are you going to spend the day kind of prepping and getting ready for uh, going through the portal on the 17th or going to the Mages Guild the next day? Uh, I'd actually like to go to the Mage Guild and talk, and then figure a little bit about this portal, because I'm assuming if her, my character would assume things from the Fire Isle that planes of the Fire and Earth probably have rare ingots and other crafting materials, and that would be something I'm very interested in getting my hands on. Okay, yeah, you um, make your way to the Merchant's Guild in the morning, um, and it's all manner of individuals are running around. Uh, you see at one point a 
elf, uh, very, very delicate features uh, in a cloak of the most odd gray shade. You start looking at it, and then you just kind of have to look away, not not um, voluntarily. It's just like you just don't really want to notice it. Um, and she kind of ducks out of the way a little bit, um, seems to be observing what's going on. And you enter into the Mage's Guild itself just as a large individual and uh, large, tall-looking, human-ish person, as well as a gnome with a very fashionable fedora, are walking out um, of the guild itself. You find a a tiefling in um, uh, gray robes. Uh, All the gray-robed individuals you would know are kind of the staff, the support staff. Um, for the place, a tiefling woman, and uh, she notices you come in and she says, oh, uh, how can I help you? We don't see a whole lot of the Fighters Guild members in uh, the Mages Guild. Are you looking to step through the portal? It's been kind of a couple crazy days. Uh, yes, I would do my uh, uh, formal... Uh, uh, hello, I am Thorun Bronzebeard of the Clan of Bronzebeard. Uh, I have come seeking some information that you might be able to provide Yes. This is not part of the Fighters Guild. It's more personal request. Oh, yes. I'd be more than happy to assist you. What What can I do? Uh, I am coming here. One, I've heard, the, uh, heard rumors throughout the bars that uh, the portal is going to be aligned to the planes of fire and earth. Hey, that's what we're assuming. We're not 100% sure that today, or yesterday and today, the portal has all sorts of strange reactions uh, occurring because of moments of great uh, emotion and and uh, magic and everything. Strange things tend to happen on festival days, uh, just like it does with the full moons and everything else. But we're assuming so. It has been more closely tied to earth and fire the last couple of days than it has been um, in a while. So we're assuming that trend will continue, but we're not 100% sure. Uh, before the festival, there were people going to strange, dark, underground areas. Uh, one portal actually opened up right inside a dragon's lair. Uh, they immediately came running out, followed by flames. It was very exciting. Um, but we're, we're assuming that trend will continue. Uh, we're not sure where it could put you, but uh, you can guarantee that it won't be a uh, in the middle of an ocean. Uh, maybe, maybe a deserted island beach island or something, but but we're assuming that the trend will continue and you will end up somewhere very, very earthly or very warm, at least. I see. Uh, what types of creatures could I expect on these uh, planes or, or locations? And the other part, are there any rare materials found for crafting? I don't know if the mage guild would uh, know a lot about crafting or blacksmithing in general. Well, it depends on where you're put. Uh, if you end up in some sort of underground region, um, you can guess that there, or you can bet there's probably going to be some sort of ore or gems or ingots or or something along those lines. Uh, if you're thrown in the middle of a desert or something like that, you can mostly count on maybe the occasional crystal or um, something like that, glass, um, maybe if lightning has struck the sand. Uh stuff along those lines. If it ends up being uh, within a dragon's lair, anything could be there. I'm not even going to begin to estimate uh, what might be there. Um, Any number of strange things could happen. 
Um, as far as creatures, it really depends on where you end up uh, being dropped into. Uh, like I said, there was a dragon's lair at one point. Uh, you never know what is lies beneath the surface. It could be anything from uh, elementals in variety to uh, kobolds to goblins to any number of strange creatures. And in the deserts, you can expect to see mostly snakes and scorpions and uh, uh, those kind of creatures. Uh, maybe even a, an occasional yanti. Um, it really just depends. I see. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my next question, and after this, I will leave you, uh, uh, has to do with uh, this. And as I pull out my sword and I don't unsheath it, I take the whole sheet and uh, the scabbard and the sword with it, and I kind of present it uh, ceremonially and uh, show. And then I, uh, I, uh, sorry, uh, I, uh, this is Celeste. It is a sword I have forged, and uh, uh, through my teachings uh, in Talanarth, I it has uh, attained certain qualities. And at that, I'm going to grab the scabbard and like uh, take my thumb slowly. Just pop the blade out of the scabbard a little bit to show uh, that really nice silvered uh, blade with the gold inlay down the spine of it or down the center of the sword, and just speak a little bit to its uh, qualities and uh, whatnot. Uh, what I'm wondering is if there are certain materials that can be added or poured into a blade. Uh, to make it more powerful, and then I'll close the sword and present it to see if they want to inspect it or anything. Uh, yeah, she she would of course ask permission to cast the identify spell on it um, before reaching out to it at all. Uh, yes, that's fine. Okay, you uh, she reaches out and touches it very very lightly, and you see a glow um, begin to emanate from her hands, and she is able to. I use the identify spell on it. And uh, she already tells you um, that I'm sure you already know, uh, but obviously this has uh, powder within it or uh, the ashes of some sort of great undead. Uh, so this would definitely uh, do be kind of the bane of the undead, obviously. And there also appears to be some sort of, of phylactery-type properties. I, I'm uh, very confused as to, to what... Uh, how how it can be bonded with your soul like it is. This is very... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of that. But as far as new things, I would be hesitant to to guess as to what you can add to it. Uh, I, I don't know what might interfere with what is currently there. Uh, all, all I know is that I'm sure with the right uh, capable smith, you could probably just take about anything and add to it. Uh, I, 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 it appears that uh, it was forged very uniquely uh, depending on how you forged it, what materials you used it, and you could even use, uh, you know, if you were able to get dragon's fire, uh, a hold of some dragon's fire, you could probably forge a blade that, that would resist uh, dragons. Uh, if you found um, magic crystals, uh, any kind of magically charged things, you could add effects in that way. Uh, even visiting some of the temples, they may be able to uh, procure a holy symbol that you could forge onto this. I've never seen a blade that so readily accepts the different forces that are around it. This is very unique. I see. Uh, and then I'll 
uh, I'll take the sword back, uh, and then just put it back on my waist. Uh, basically put it back on my sword belt. That there. Uh, uh, I thank you for this, uh, for this information. Uh, I'll continue forth to see what I can do, and if, and if any knowledge or work comes out of this blade, uh, I might be able to bring it back and, uh, present it to enchanters and hopefully create better weapons than the creation of more powerful weapons to be given to people. Okay, yeah, she would definitely say, um, well, if you do end up making any modifications, I would love to see what you've done with it. Uh, just bring your sword back. I, I would love to inspect it again. Uh, ask for Namira. I am Namira. Uh, so I would love to see it again if, if you ever bring it by. Uh, and the best of luck to you. Uh, if, if you do want to explore more about the portals, come back tomorrow. We'll be running uh, several large groups in for their first adventure. I see you. I might be interested in such a thing. Okay. Do you return then to the Fighters Guild? Yes. All right. You return to the Fighters Guild. Uh, Nightfall is just starting to set, um, so it's getting a little bit dark, but a lot of the smiths are very engaged in their work, and unfortunately the station that you were working at is currently occupied, uh, but you do know that there's a whetstone out kind of in the courtyardy kind of area, um, as well as polishing cloths. Uh, and everything that you might need to really hone the blade uh, right before going to work. So uh, you go out kind of into that courtyard area and you uh, make sure that your blade is honed to the utmost perfection and sharpened and you examine it in the uh, light of the Fey Lanterns and it glows eerily almost uh, with kind of that that otherworldly light a little bit um, underneath these magic lanterns. And uh, looking around, you see that strange uh, gray-cloaked elf uh, lady, uh, woman, end up walking by uh, the Fighters Guild on her way to what you can only assume the elf district is on the east side of town. And uh, at that point, uh, having done everything you can do for the day, do you return to the Fighters Guild to have a last hot meal before uh, calling it a night? Uh, yeah, I'll have a meal. I'll, I'll actually take it with me. I'll get a meal to go. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to spend a little bit of time at the uh, Smith, uh, if I haven't already, and uh, attach a chain to, or do the chain attachment to my weapon so that I, uh, it won't be disarmed. Oh, yeah, very easily. You attach, you make sure that the cuffs um, are attached correctly, that um, the handle, that the ring at the base of the handle is, is uh, well secured, and you are able to fit those chains onto your wrist and uh, it, it, to the cuff on your wrist and very easily make that uh, adaption. All right. Okay, you uh, then call it a night. Uh, dawn hits a lot earlier than what you were expecting, uh, having had such an eventful day yesterday, and uh, the smithy hammers are already ringing uh, against the anvils as life returns a little bit to normal. Um, do you head immediately to the Mage's Guild, or do you stop anywhere along the way? Uh, yeah, I'd get ready instead of my normal blacksmithing clothes. Uh, I'll put on a little what I used to wear at the, uh, uh, in Tolinar, uh, at the Soul Forge. Uh, just, uh, uh, very, not fine clothes, but they're very, uh, they look fine-er clothes, uh, but they're tailored to fit very nicely. Uh, the pants are more baggy than normal pants, uh, just to allow fighting, look, the noble look of the dwarves, but it's tailored to fit well for combat. 
and move around without being constrained or anything. Uh, and then I have my belt, uh, a really wide, uh, kind of like my blacksmithing belt uh, with uh, a couple of daggers, my sword on the side, and then my uh, blacksmithing hammer uh, on the side as well. Okay. And then the arm cups, uh, leather type uh, arm bar, uh, uh, arm guards, uh, so that when the chains are on, they don't like tear into my arm or anything like that. Okay, uh, you are very easily able to um, then make sure your room is locked and secured and you exit out of the guild. Um, you can see that most of the people on the streets um, are either picking up uh, trash and detritus from the night before um, and uh, all, or they are um, helping the drunk, hungover individuals back to whatever inn they came from. Uh, so the streets are fairly quiet as you make your way to the Mage's Guild. Uh, we will go ahead and part here then, unless there's any last-minute things you want to do. Uh, no, if I'm good, I guess. Before I leave the Fighter's Guild, I'd fill up a, a wine skin. Uh, uh, fill my... Sorry. Fill up my uh, water skin with some wine or some dwarvish ale. Uh, and then make my way to the major Guild. Okay. Uh, we will go ahead and depart from here. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it. And since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.